You're listening to Were You Still Talking? The rest of the ongoing things will come around eventually. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other ongoing things? <laughs> Acting, directing. Oh, okay, well, well we can talk about some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aliens, drugs, whatever. We can skip the aliens. <laughs> the, the, uh, um, had a nice one about going to the country fair. Oh, did you, did you go? Yeah. We went. Oh, it's very Do you go interesting. Every year? No, I hadn't been for ten years. Oh, really? And I had a friend from—he's from LA, but he's now in Ashland. Of course, he's never been. He's heard a lot about it, and mm. uh, and he would be I into thought, that. What the hell? Let's go! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's give it a try. So, did you guys like drop acid and run? We naked? did microdosing of mushrooms. So we did like a teeny tiny bit of mushrooms. And did you run around naked? And we didn't because that's not a thing anymore. <gasps> no, it's not like it was. But no. Then what's the purpose of going? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of nakedness. <laughs> You're welcome to do that if you want. It's it's perfectly okay, as it turns out. All this family-friendly stuff is like, yeah, sort of. Yeah, well, but families can be yeah, naked. You the, know. Well, I remember last time I went, and I went when I was younger, and I remember seeing a lot of people that maybe didn't need to be naked, like... <laughs> it's okay if you put your clothes back on, but they were but comfortable. They were I mean, comfortable. That's the thing. Well, that's a nice right. thing. Is so, that they, it, do I what you so want, I mean, I've been to a woods. nudist beach, and you know, there are mm-hmm. often people there who are not models, but they're comfortable because the clothing binds. Right, it does. I'm not a big fan of clothing. It's one of the reasons I love Hawaii because you can wear minimal clothing and yes, be very comfortable. You know, um, yes. So if you're I'll, a Sasquatch, yeah. you could do that here. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Sasquatch, some people seem to be fine with it. They're from Alaska or something. But anyway, there was a lot of young people with uh, very very scantily clad. And I was surprised, one, that there were so many young people still into it. I thought that was cool. When you say young, um, like over the age of 18. I hope so. Okay. No, 18 to 35. Uh, the, okay. A lot of the booths seem to have these people standing in front of them. Mostly females. Okay. But not all. Um, okay. You know, I don't know why they would put scantily clad women in front of their booths. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you said booths, and I was thinking, Lately, did he say boobs? Booths. No. It booths. <laughs> it's really a big, it's a giant Saturday market, but not. I mean, everyone is really warm and friendly, and we're at the fair, and yeah. we're, we're all a family today. And yeah. it's, it's wild. And, and you're then, all like tripping. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, you don't need anything to trip there. <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> you know, because there, there's so many different costumes and just crazy artwork going on and giant walking pieces of artwork. Really? And yeah, there oh, was, cool. a, there was a uh, Jerry Garcia that was like 10 feet tall. Wow. And, yeah. And walking through the crowd. Oh, very you know, cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah it was that kind of thing is just constant. It's like that's awesome. Everywhere you look, there's plenty to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in two weekends, no, one weekend, weekend and a half, I'm going down to uh, San Francisco to Folsom Street Fair. I don't know if you know what that is. I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've never I've been. And so you know, here I am in my mid fifties, and I'm a Leatherman, gay Leatherman kind of guy, and I've uh-huh. never been to Folsom Street, which is like the mecca for Leathermen to go to. You know, it's a one afternoon thing in San Francisco. On the street, where leather men are wearing leather, 
And nothing. Makes sense. And nothing. <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> and uh, San Francisco, you know, has got this code about no nudity anymore and so forth, except they waive it for this event. Oh, awesome. <laughs> right. That's cool. And I've seen plenty of pictures from Folsom Street where there's more than just people being naked going on. So, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so my new boyfriend has said that he wanted to go down. And I was like, hey, I've never gone, so let's go. So we're going. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I hauled out and I bought some leathers and all that kind of stuff. And are you okay with that on the podcast? Are you asking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking, hmm, that's what I could start there. I thought we started 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Yeah, I'll just skip the introduction for this one. <laughs> I usually do an introduction, but I um, it's always been my goal to get away from that anyway. Well, so, you just did. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we have Paul Bright. The Leatherman. The Leatherman, Paul Bright Films. <laughs> and now we haven't been smoking anything. And we haven't. No. Yeah. Yeah. This is all natural. El natural. As is the Leatherman. As <laughs> the Leatherman. <laughs> we'll see. I'll post pictures. <laughs> right on. Cool. So Paul is an actor, producer, writer, director. All that jazz. All that jazz. Yeah. And has a new boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. That's totally exciting. I looked yeah. it up. It was our four-month anniversary yesterday. Day oh, before yesterday. really new. Yeah. Yeah. He wow. thought, really? That's all? His response was, I thought we'd been together a lot longer. <laughs> oh, that's always nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. On Saturday in the car, he's telling me, it feels like years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in a good way? In a I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, he's really sweet. He's, uh, he's totally awesome. It's uh, it's funny because I felt madly in love once before, love at first sight kind of thing, which I thought before that happened that that could never ever happen, mm -hmm. truly. Mm -hmm. So when it did happen many years ago, I was just totally flabbergasted, and it was one of those things where we just clicked, you know, wow. immediately. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we were together five years, and then Tim died. So that was the end of that. Oh. Uh, but when he died, I was like, okay, I'll never have that experience again of falling madly in love, love at first sight kind of thing. That just won't happen. I had my, I had my shot in life. And then here along comes Colton. So, yeah, I mean, we just clicked right away. That is amazing. awesome. Yeah, it's been amazing. amazing. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. So, yeah. And the strange thing is that he is 26 years younger <laughs> oh than I am. Oh, 26 years younger. <laughs> yeah. Wow. More than that, 28 years. I thought younger. he looked kind of young. Yeah. Just, yeah, 28 years younger. Floating around. And, and the... Wow. So he's, um, he's really unbelievably... It sounds terrible. Very mature for his age. Uh, but, uh, man, we just get along. And mm -hmm. he loves things from the 80s. I mean, he's seen all these movies from the 80s. And he knows all these rock bands from the 80s. Well, you and I grew up in the yeah, 80s. Exactly. Like, That's bizarre. He wasn't born until the 90s. Right. And I'm going, you're telling me about the 80s? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's pretty really? popular these days. I know some other people that are really into... 
uh, a lot of stuff from the 80s and 70s that are, you know, 35 years old. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, I know. What? I was going, how, how is that possible? But see, I don't know. I remember in the 80s, we were talking about how terrible the music was. Because we were looking That's back true. to the Beatles from the 60s, who, yep. which were really good musicians. Yeah. And then I, we yeah. were talking about, oh my God, this music is horrible. Terrible. I did that for a long time because I was into, you know, the Led Zeppelins and the Rolling Stones and yeah. all that good music. The yeah, the good Ooh, stuff. Yeah. All that good stuff. And so I think it, I think it was late '80s, early '90s where I discovered the Police and U2 and stuff, and mm -hmm. I went, "Oh wait, they're from the they are from the '80s, aren't mm -hmm, they?" Mm -hmm. So Rick Ocasek died today, yesterday, yesterday or today? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I, I was, I, I mean, that's of our era too. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that that was the beginning of. Um, MTV, which is no longer really MTV. <laughs> no, I don't not know at all. what MTV is now, but we yeah, not they, what they, we saw. <laughs> not what we, they showed like the videos that he that were extremely popular, and, and I thought, <clears throat> well, we could do that with an iPhone now. <laughs> oh, just, how quaint! Exactly, really, really nuts. That that was a big. It was big a big dollar, deal. Big deal video. Yeah. They, were, they were groundbreaking. And oh, that, totally you know, revolutionary. I know. I played every one of those songs in one cover band or another. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I would go uh, house set at my uh, music teacher's house when she was off with her husband vacationing somewhere, you know. And I'd be there for a week and I'd just turn on MTV and just leave it on nonstop the whole time oh, I yeah. was there. Right. Totally glued to it because we didn't have cable in my house. So. And who did? I mean, yeah. I well, she did. We didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, she lived in Bel Air. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we had... Uh, I remember watching NTV, and there was... They had some amazing, like, groundbreaking stuff when they first started putting on things besides video. It was it was things like... Um, oh, what was that called? They had an animation, late-night animation show. Liquid TV. Oh, you, you remember Liquid no. TV? Oh, they had some incredible animation there it, it, very much like the heavy metal style of stuff that really was, yeah. yeah all kinds of amazing no i just remember like downtown judy brown yeah. oh yes <laughs> yeah some of the and there's yeah there's still a couple of mtv vjs who are big stars now who who do other things are they still and alive they still look young is the weird thing <laughs> oh my god it's a dick cabot syndrome I exactly i don't know how they do it but they still look young it's just bizarre yeah, uh, you've got a couple of gray hairs in your head. No, what? Yeah, and I've gone totally, no. totally white. Completely, totally white. A couple of gray hairs. I was so happy when my sister told me that my niece still thinks of my hair as black. Oh, good. <laughs> well, That's see, for me, nice. it's great because all these people who are gray. 18 and 19, they just automatically assume I'm a senior, so I get a senior discount <laughs> everywhere I go. <laughs> I don't even have to ask. Uh, I don't say anything. I'm not old enough to get it, but I'll take it. But what the heck? <laughs> You're offering. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Well, I just kind of, yeah, it dawned on me the other day that I may be old. No, you're not old. Was trying you're to, younger than I, I was. I was trying to pretend. <clears throat> I was thinking how I'm not really middle age anymore. So if I'm not middle age, because mm. I don't think I'll live to be 112, but it's no. not impossible, I guess. I know, I know, we won't. But still, I mean, we're not quite in the senior range. Besides seniors, no, you we're, think okay, of we're not seniors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seniors are 80. It's just, it's so the, interesting. They're the boomers' parents. Heidi's <laughs> mom was always like. Why are all these old people here at the different places she lived? <laughs> been, everyone here is really old when she was 90, you know? Yeah, and you're like, uh, have uh, you checked the mirror? Hello. <laughs> I, think I think you're there now. 
or pretty soon. Yeah. So, uh, I so um, for the last year, I've been doing stuff where I'm working with a lot of people who are very economically challenged, mm-hmm. and so I've been going mm-hmm. into these retirement facilities and seeing what they're really like. And I have learned I'm not going into retirement facility. I don't care. I am going to do absolutely everything, everything to stay in my own house. It's yeah, it's really tough. All the way. It's really all tough. the way. We to were we every time we. Heidi went and visited a lot, and I know several other people whose parents have been in in homes of some kind. You you know, usually what do they call it? Not usually the um, assisted care. assisted living. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I actually know a nurse at a assisted living and nursing home care facility, and you uh, they you got to be there every day. The the care is still in the hands of the caregivers. So oh, totally. I, I just always think like, what about these people whose kids are not coming? kids or grandkids or well yeah and you know and i oh my god and i talked to a lot of these people and they had the impression that their children would take care of them while their children are not taking care of them so that is not a reason to have kids i'm telling you right now (laughs) if you're in your 20s and thinking about children they're not going to be there for you so well that makes me feel better go back and buy another trojan okay (laughs) buy a good packet a 24 pack Yeah. Oh. So you're working on you met you started to talk about uh what you're working on now? Yeah. You're currently working on a movie. I'm currently working on two movies. Which you write, direct, <laughs> act, edit, yeah. um all that stuff. And transportation. You're also transportation and uh uh craft costume, services, costume, costume, makeup, which is just, you know, powder. Which is <laughs> well, more than <laughs> some of the productions I'm in. Wow, powder. (laughs) Well, if they're not glowing, Joel, yeah, you don't need it. It's fine. We're going for the natural look. When I I get a real makeup artist is when I go to do the industrial videos. Oh, yeah. That's where they've got, you know, a dolly. You're right, yeah. You know, they're doing under the eye lifts and all this stuff. Wow, thanks. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm like 20 years younger. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, right, so I've got two feature films. I shot one this past spring, and I shot one the year before spring, mm-hmm. and they're still both in post-production editing. Oh, they are. Oh, my, yes. Um, oh, I thought the so uh, the one you shot last spring. Yeah, year was, ago spring. That was not Professor Tom Foolery. No, that's, that was the year before. That was the year before. Yeah, so Tom Foolery is out there in the world, and, and he's being seen all over the world. Um, and it's funny, because there are people who are locking the Facebook page every day, and I'm not doing anything nice. on that Facebook page to promote it or generate it or, you know, I'm not even visiting it. Uh-huh. And But I keep getting all these notifications of people who are liking it. So I'm going, I guess this movie is streaming somewhere. It is, it is out there. People must be seeing this movie. <laughs> Whether legally or illegally. I like that. Whether they're legally or illegally <laughs> seeing it, I have no control. But, you know, as long as they're seeing it, that's the most important Exactly. Part. That's yeah. what matters. Just yeah. for a little behind the scenes uh, here. Paul sent me great information and actually a, a, a fantastic intro that we skipped right over. So if you're ever on a podcast, you're going to do an interview. <laughs> be sure and send them lots. <laughs> be sure and send lots of information so that um, you can ignore it later. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you will feel good because you covered your bases. You covered your butt. You got to yes. prepare, right? Uh, yeah. See, this way at least the host will know your name. <laughs> I mean, if an actor prepares, an actor, director, editor, you must really have to prepare yeah lots and lots of pre-production yeah so i've got this course on udemy 
dot com. It's on how to make independent films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, God, there are like 95 videos on there. But the first 60 videos are all on pre-production. <laughs> and then the rest of it's like, you can handle the rest. But, you know, it's like all this stuff, if you do all this preparation to get ready for your shoot, all these little steps along the way, mm-hmm. then the shoot itself will flow fairly smoothly. It should go, yeah. Well, it's At only, least when yeah. crises come up, it won't be a death sentence. Right. Maybe. And that, I mean, that's true with every level film because yeah. you see, <clears throat> excuse me, you see a lot of uh, actors, directors talking about the 10 years that they prepped for a movie. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, and I know, couldn't do that. And I know that I always thought <laughs> I'm like, that six is months, incredible six months. decoration, <laughs> dedication decoration. <laughs> <laughs> incredible decoration. Yeah. A lot dedication. of decorations. A lot of decoration. But... <laughs> yeah. 10 years. No, I'm like six months, you know. So for uh, when I, and I, uh, so often I haven't finished writing this script until like two weeks before we're filming. Um, on this last movie that we just shot, uh, Crossing Shaky Ground, it was the first movie I've ever made without a script. Oh, wow. Really? So, yeah. Do you remember Mumblecore, these movies that came out in the early 2000s? They were called Mumblecore was the genre. And the directors all hated that. But it was a movie like Puffy Chair and uh, I, rem- I can't remember all of these. I remember but- one big, it, had, it was a four camera shoot. Yeah. And supposedly they didn't have a script. Yeah, and they yeah. ran the whole movie. At, it was a lot of big name people. Oh, okay. you know, But they did the no, whole movie. Oh, these are all unknown. Oh, these are all unknowns. Okay, <laughs> this, but that it was done that way. It was done all at once. Right, improv and improv. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the deal with it. So this is kind of like a mumblecore movie, um, mumblecore. and that there was an outline of what was supposed to happen in this film. But uh-huh. of course, as the actors are improving along the way, they could say things that would. Totally changed the trajectory of where the storyline's going. Oh, man. And that happened. Uh-huh. Um, and so all I did was I supplied the actors with all their character background. Like, they got a three-page printout of, you know, what their astrological sign is. And, wow. And, you know, the kind of personality that they are and, mm-hmm. you know, backstory histories of who these characters are. And then after that, I was like, okay. <laughs> that, uh, Meet me here at uh-huh. this time, and we're going to shoot. And so the concept of that movie is that the big quake that we're expecting up here mm-hmm. at any second now any moment. hits, and there's a guy from the Bay Area who's up there doing a presentation, you know, like a conference presentation thing, and he's out in Astoria doing this presentation, and the big quake hits, and now he's got to get back home to California. And there's no way to fly back. There's no way to drive back. You know, everything is totally decimated and destroyed. Oh, man. <laughs> which, in case you don't know, we're expecting a very large earthquake up here, which we, will obliterate it's everything. True. It's why I'm so happy we have so many squirrels around. Because <laughs> <laughs> you won't go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and you think they won't be leaving? And chickens. <laughs> you know, you're like, head for the hills, Ma, they're out to get us. Um but yeah, so anyway, so the whole concept of the film is that this guy who's a city urban dweller, upper middle class, or at least middle class, very liberal, bleeding heart, is encountering uh, rural Oregonians. Oh, that who, who yeah. have a completely and totally different perspective on the world, right? Um, and those are and so what I've been doing for the last year is talking with rural Oregonians and really getting a real feel for what they believe and feel and think mm-hmm. and they don't know that I'm not also just like them. Oh really? Uh, you went undercover. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's been it's been really fascinating. And I'm at that point where I kind of like to, you know, 
not be around this environment anymore because I've had my fill. But um, but in terms of making the movie, it was it's been fascinating. So this so I'm now moving crossing shaky ground forward so that it will be the first movie that comes out, and the movie that I shot a year and a half ago will follow behind that. Oh, okay. Yeah, just to get wow. this one just out there. Um, and and to be honest, I'm pretty sure that my dear, devoted, loving, adorable fans, most of whom are open-minded, probably pretty liberal, some of them pretty progressive, I suspect that they're going to be kind of upset by what they see in this movie. Oh, really? It's not what we all assumed. Uh-huh. And the solutions that I always thought were the solutions are not the solutions not. at oh, all. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So it's, uh, and, and don't misunderstand, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying in any way that I'm agreeing with the, the rural Oregonians. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> but right. but it's, uh, it's just, yeah, what we thought would work is not, is not going to do it. You can't just raise the boat. Everybody's, you know, you raise the tide. Not everybody's boat is not going to go up. It just ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's what we talk about is we talk about, you know, we just want to raise the tide for everybody. So all these boats come up. So everybody has a better life. Right? Oh, I You've see. heard this right. concept, you know, right? Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> not so much. No. So anyway, so that's what this movie is going to be mm -hmm. getting into. So I'm calling it a docudrama, even though the. So what the stories that the actors are telling is they're telling real stories based on all these people who have met. Right. But of course there are different right. names and you know uh -huh. and some of the people have been melded together into a new character. So yeah, anyway. Wild. So that's the project at the moment. Well the most interesting part there was that you wrote all that backstory for the actors because oh, yeah. um, that's a huge homework saver. <laughs> As an actor, that's usually my job. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. Well, see, and the, and when the you great, get that, it's like, well, that's half my job. So. Yeah, and the great thing for the actors is they don't have to memorize any lines. Well, that's beautiful. Too. They don't have to memorize anything at all, yeah. except kind of have an idea yeah. of what their background was. And there were a couple of things where I said to them, "Okay, I do need you to say blah 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 blah." blah. Right. I actually, I actually do really need to hear you say this. Is this. important for the story. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, so I mean, it was great for them because they could play. And they could just enjoy the time and the camaraderie with each other to just mm -hmm. explore. So these actors who are in this film, you know, they're all wanting to get together and do this again. Oh, awesome. And I'm like, sure, let's do it again. <laughs> Let me find the money to do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And so? So I'm still looking for the money to pay for the one that I just shot. <laughs> and you're using... Uh... Patreon right now. Uh, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com. Yeah. Patreon. Like and you, but you've used GoFundMe before. Yeah. So I've got a GoFundMe account for the for this movie, mm -hmm. uh, Crossing Shaky Ground. But um, but the donations. What I've learned from the past, but I did it anyway, is that when you start start filming, people stop donating. Oh, that's so interesting. Because it's sort of like, well, he's oh, already made the movie. He oh. doesn't really need my money now. Oh, wow. No, <laughs> Never mind no. how much in debt I'm personally digging, you know, how deep that hole is right. going <laughs> to keep filming, right? Wow. But um, so the mindset shifts from of donors is, well, he's not really desperate. You know, he's going to make this movie anyway. He doesn't need my money to do it. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I'm shifting to now is a Patreon account. Which is patreon.com slash Um And uh, for, you know, three bucks a month, if people, if my fans are 
able to join me for $3 a month, then that adds up over the course of a year, and that's enough money to actually pay for these movies. So I don't have to be doing these fundraising campaigns to you know ask for $50, $100, mm-hmm. $1,000 anymore to make these movies. Instead, there'll be a lot more people supporting the work instead of what's Ongoing. been like 40 people. So is that the biggest difference between GoFundMe and Patreon is that it's um, Patreon is a monthly donation and GoFundMe yeah. is... Yeah, so Patreon, you're billed automatically once you sign up, unless you cancel it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it bills on, I don't know what day of the month, the first or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Right. Um, And there are some people on Patreon, and so there are a lot of artists and podcasts on Mm. Patreon. That's an idea for you. (laughs) Had you thought about that? (laughs) (laughs) As a fact of the matter, I have. Really? Wow. But I So Patreon.com slash. Were you still talking? That's <laughs> Look for that Will coming that next it? week. <laughs> Look for that soon. I don't yeah. know when I'll have it up because I want to sell cigarettes. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why did you just sell vaping pens? <laughs> those are really popular the, right oh, now. Yeah, those yeah. are really popular, and they kill more people. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know about that, but very nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, but anyway, no. So the Patreon is just like a monthly thing, and then you there are things that you need to do to keep in touch with the people who are supporting you, and you set up different tiers so people can give more money than three bucks, and they get other things that the three buck people don't get, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. like, what kind of stuff do you get? If you donate more, ten dollars a month. Right. So I mean, it's different depending on the kind of art that you are. So, for mm-hmm. instance, if you're a musician, then if you're giving, let's say, a higher tier, then um, you'll get songs released to you long before they're released to anybody else. Okay. Or you'll get behind-the-scenes stuff that mm-hmm. nobody else gets. Um, for me, uh, the three-dollar level, everybody gets everything for three bucks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, five bucks, uh, you get to see the movies before anybody else sees the movies because you're with me, and you know, uh-huh. and and you'll see some behind the scenes on making the movies and editing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The ten bucks is um, pictures of what's really going on in my life, and sometimes there are pictures of me, you know, with my boyfriend and no nudity, but you know, <laughs> just some whatever. Uh, and then there is a $100 tier in there, which is possible. Some people may actually want to give 100 bucks to support my work. Um, and if you're a patron for several months under the $100 level, then you're listed as an associate producer on the movie. Whatever movie it is I'm working on at that time. Right. Oh, okay. That's nice. Um, yeah, well, I, Some I think like so. That. Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing of it is, in all honesty, is there are a lot of people who really, really like my movies. Um and a, a whole lot of those people never paid a dime to see them. Never. <laughs> and so where can people find the movies that are out there? Are they all just internet streaming? Or are some of them on Amazon? Or some of them... Yeah, some are on like, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, at one point, some of them are on Netflix. I don't think I've got any DVDs on Netflix right now, but I might still have some DVDs on Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. They're on... Uh, I mean, they're streaming on platforms all over the world, literally, of which I don't remember all of these streaming platform names. Uh-huh. I even got contacted by a company last week. So I have, a, I have an aggregator that handles the distribution. Oh, you do? That answers my next question. Yeah, so I send the movie to this aggregator. It's kind of like a <laughs> distributor. And they put all these movies into a catalog, and then they go around to all these online streaming services, and the streaming services choose the movies that they want. 
basically. Um, okay. And then I get an email from the aggregator saying, congratulations, your film is now playing on such and such a streaming site. Uh-huh. And I'm like, <laughs> And do they get a percentage of uh, that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They take 25%, something uh-huh. like um, Anyway, so I was contacted I was contacted directly by a streaming a startup streaming service last week asking for four films. They are taking two of my movies from the aggregator and they wanted four other movies that weren't on the aggregator. Mm-hmm. So four early movies of mine that they knew about. They Well, because he contacted me because he really liked the two movies that they already had bought. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And so he wanted to see what else I had. So oh, then oh, he nice. went to my website for the movie company it's fulbrightfilms.com mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and he, there were other titles that he wanted to add to his streaming platform so anyway so I sent him one of those movies that was last week yeah nice yeah that's, the, that's the distribution deals be. with all this is you know you sign these contracts where you can't disclose any of the terms and you can't talk about any of the deals and you can't talk about percentages or money or any of that stuff at all but let me just put it to you this all way right. Paul is not going to get rich Paul <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Paul is on Patreon.com slash Paul So long, long time ago, you you used to be a, a union actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and then you moved into theater. Like, is there, did you have a certain, uh, I don't know, something that drove you away from doing commercial films? Or was it just... Too- I don't know, Joel, what drove you out of L.A.? <laughs> I mean, I could ask the well, exact same question. Well, of you. I actually came up here to take care of old people. Oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't nearly brave enough to act in LA. <laughs> okay. I knew actors. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so I left LA when I was twenty-three. Um, I had been, I'd been doing very well. It was the only way that I'd made money in my life. Wow. Except okay. I'd had two summer jobs mm-hmm. up until that point, and. Um, which also meant that when I left L.A. and I went looking for, you know, what people call a real job, I had no work skills and no resume. Because you can list a whole bunch of commercials that you did, but that just doesn't just really doesn't cut it when you're looking it. for a job as a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there were multiple reasons why I left L.A. Um, one of them was that I'd outgrown my looks because I was like this geeky, nerdy teenager. It was at the time when um, Revenge of the Nerds came out, uh-huh. and so even though I wasn't in that movie, I was that type. Okay. Right. That, yeah. um, and so I was getting cast in all those kind of roles. Well, when I turned 23-ish, I was starting to look more like the young dad, hmm. but I didn't actually look like a young dad. I still looked like a nerd. <laughs> so there just weren't very many... And the young nerdy dad hadn't, hadn't no, caught on yet. No, that, no, that's no. 20 years later. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's for multiple other reasons, I left and I traveled the country and did other stuff. And I came back to it all in my mid-30s. Uh, I, I wound up in a tiny town in Texas, population 10,000. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you how I got there. But anyway, population of 10,000. Okay. <laughs> Here's a piece of advice. Don't move for love. Nope. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, and there was a community theater there in this tiny town. And when I first moved to the town, I went to see their show, and it was so bad. I left after the first scene. I just couldn't couldn't stand it. It was so awful. And a couple years later, um, one of the board members, I slipped, and I had led on to my past. Mm. And they were filming movies in my little tiny town. So I'm not kidding you. Like, just a couple months after I bought my... 
my house. Lo and behold, this Hollywood production company shows up knocking on my front door wanting to film in my front yard. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it turns out that I bought my house on this intersection where there was an old Dairy Queen, a gas station, the movie theater, and an old library. So they filmed Waiting for Guffman there. Oh, my They gosh. filmed the librarians there. They filmed, um, I mean, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Uh-huh. I, the list goes on and on. There oh. were like 20 movies filmed right there in my intersection, blocking my street. <laughs> And at that point, I had a chip on my shoulder about all of this. So, you know, I was livid. I moved 1,500 miles to be away from you people. (laughs) And here you are. And you're in my front yard. Gosh. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, so here's another. So at this point near the end of that, I, um, so I'd let on that I was, that I'd had that background, and they asked me to help out at the community theater. So I agreed to do... Uh, tech stuff. I'd do their lighting and I'd do their sound and I'd build their sets. And so I, there was a buddy who I'd met there who also wanted to be doing this stuff. So together we did all that. Um, and we did great jobs. I mean, you know, the shows look great. And I was thinking, well, you know, if the actors are surrounded by great lights and great sound, <laughs> Maybe beautiful sets, they'll just oh raise themselves <laughs> to the occasion. Oh, my. And that, uh, yeah, didn't work out that way? So, um... At the end of that season, I decided to open my own theater company three blocks up the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> in this town of 10,000 people. Because wow. they were doing things like Neil Simon plays and Little Women and, you know, family pablum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I didn't want to be competition with them. So I said, you know, we're going to do some heavy hitting adult material stuff. Um so we did like rhinoceros and we did death and the maiden and we i mean you know the list goes on so in the three years that i was running that theater company we did 32 productions wow which means that we had a show on stage and two shows in rehearsal at all times Mm -hmm. and we only had one weekend of dark because we we had to keep selling tickets because we didn't have any corporate sponsors (laughs) because we were the rebels in town Because you were doing good stuff. <laughs> and in the first yeah. year, literally the first year, we did not have a single person from that tiny town come to see a show. Oh, they were all from out of town? They were all they from were out all of town. They were all visitors? They were all from out of town. They were all the film crews? So we were bringing <laughs> people, no, we were bringing people in from San Antonio and Austin oh, and the surrounding wow. communities. And so, I mean, well, it was great for me because right. we, were, we had to do really good work uh-huh. otherwise they wouldn't come and they wouldn't keep coming back right um at the same time you know it was a lot of work <laughs> yeah so after eight, you know after three years of that i realized that i could make a feature film in a year and more people would wind up seeing that movie than if i filled every seat every show for the entire year because it was like a 99 seat house mm-hmm. so anyway so um so i made my first movie and it took a couple of years to get it done and, and I tell people that it was a lot of fun, but the truth is, it was really stressful. It was, not. <laughs> it was really stressful. <laughs> and there were a few fights on set, too. Oh, no. Uh, oh, <laughs> and, uh, and that movie, even with its technical problems and with its questionable acting, um, questionable acting, uh, has still is, I guess, my most popular because the story was wow. very, very sweet. Uh-huh. It's very tender and very sweet, and it pulls at people's heartstrings. And so um, I couldn't find a distributor for it, and I'd sent it. It was it was about a gay character, and so I sent it off to a hundred and something gay 
film festivals all over the world wow. to get it to screen and not a single festival would program it. You're kidding. <laughs> and so then I sent it oh, off. There no. were like a handful of maybe five or six distributors of gay titles in those days. This was 2006, 2005. Uh-huh. Um, and we were still on DVD land. We hadn't really gone to streaming yet. The internet wasn't quite fast enough for, it's for still, streaming. It seems like that would make it more uh, more desirable. Like there's not a lot out there. Yeah. So... <laughs> And oh, nobody would touch it, but uh, one la- one very large, probably the largest distributor said, well, we know a, a one shop, a one guy shop, distribution guy, and we'll send it to him and maybe he's interested. So he watched the movie and he contacted me and said, listen, you know, I'll sign a contract with you. We probably won't sell more than just a couple hundred DVDs, but I'm going to take the risk to, to front the costs of you know creating this master and we'll just put it out there and see what happens. And it wound up being his most profitable movie wow. that year. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. And so from that point oh forward, God. he said, you know, I'll distribute any movie you make. Uh-huh. <laughs> so with my buddies, we were like, okay, well, there, in order for this to work, we have to have like a body of work so that if people see one movie, then they'll want to see all the other movies. Right, and that's right. how we're going to make this, you know, fiscally... <laughs> <laughs> viable, right? So uh, we turned out a movie a year during those first five years. Wow. Um, which was, you know, once again, really, really driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was great. And I was in, uh, so I was in the Austin area. This tiny town was south of Austin. But I was in the Austin area uh, through the first three of those. And then I moved to New York, I think, no, I guess I moved to New York when I was filming the fifth one. Um, and now, so the movie that I was filmed was number 11. I've slowed down. It's taking me now about two years to get a movie out. But. Uh-huh. That's still, yeah, that's cranking them out. Well, Seems to me. <laughs> that's moving. Well, the actors in the movies would like to see them. I mean, I get emails from actors like a month after we filmed. Uh, when's it going to release? When's it coming out? <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, you've had that feeling, haven't you? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the, I started on a movie that took, it took like seven years. Wow. Uh, it took us, yeah. That, Did they finish it? That was a sci-fi movie. Maybe. Oh, was that the, I think I saw that. Did you? I saw parts of that. You showed me parts of that, I think, or maybe all of it. I might have shown you some clips. To, yeah, I might be showing you some clips. The, yeah. Yeah. Did they finish it? Yeah, it was finished eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> it's, uh, amazing, uh, amazing uh, effort to keep go. I was really amazed at the writer, director, producer to keep at it for so long that is i mean that is amazing keep at it keep at it keep at it yeah Yeah. because it it you know she was doing things on uh, also an extremely minuscule budget and Uh so it's a matter of well this editor can't do it anymore i gotta find someone else and she didn't have the skills to do it all herself yeah well see and i mean and the reason why i'm doing it all myself is because it's because of money it is because of money. It yeah, is okay. Because that that I've uh, always been curious about. I mean, if you could afford an editor, um, whatever. Hell yes. Cinematographer. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Go for well, it. Well, so I, I had a cinematographer for the first six. Oh, you did. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, first six. It's not until I moved to Oregon that I started shooting myself. Oh. 
because you couldn't find anyone here. Well, I yeah, probably could have, but I mean, I was living in a tiny town in Oregon again. Right. <laughs> and I came down that's here to Eugene looking for actors. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is right. And so I found that's actors in Eugene. That's when I first for you. Yes. I found actors in Eugene, and they yeah. were awesome. See you later. Good. Yeah. Sorry, dude. I know. Well, you didn't fit the type. <laughs> and it's good, because the part you were auditioning for was... Can I say this word? An asshole character. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's not really you. you it's know? true, but I've played it. Yeah, well, it's not still not it's you. It's not. <laughs> so, and the actor who played it did an excellent job. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, and with that movie, I mean, I had no money at all, and the, the actors all knew that I had no money to do it. And uh, I'm thrilled to death that they all jumped on board and were willing to do it, and they mm -hmm. were willing to do it because they probably wanted the footage or the experience. Um, so somebody got famous after making that movie and i don't i really doubt she ever tells anybody <laughs> she's in this film interesting <laughs> yeah it's a uh, jasmine savoy brown she was in a tv series for several years that just i guess it was just canceled this past spring oh don't know who she is was it a portland one of the portland productions no she was down in la uh-huh um yeah you probably would she? because she was also in a movie called camp harwood Weren't you involved with Camp Harwood somewhat? No. No, but I, I think I met you when you were just finishing that or something? No, I didn't. So I didn't do Camp oh, Harwood. Camp Harwood no. is a, a religious but, feature film. Oh, okay. No. And so there, I was there not involved other... with that. I, I, I believe I auditioned for the director of that who was going to do a bunch of films okay. and pay people and stuff. Right, yeah. 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 Right. Anyway, so there were a lot of people from this, from Camp Harwood, who kind of ran into the same circle who ended up in right. my movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, so yeah, I've had somebody get famous, and I don't think it's done anything for the sales of that movie. It hasn't but, helped. No, you, you haven't even tried. I, I haven't. You know, I also haven't cashed in on it yet. I, I was like, going to say, did you put it out there starring? I haven't changed the movie to <laughs> yeah. Forgotten Hero starring Jasmine. So <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's been based on funds. So if there's mm -hmm. no money to do it, then there's. And you got to make it work somehow. Right. Uh, when I was in Austin, so in Austin at the time that I was there and was first doing it, there, there was an upswelling of indie filmmakers because the high def was just starting to come out. I just knocked my microphone. Sorry, folks. Um, high definition was just starting to become available on a consumer level that we could afford. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were a lot of us who were trying to figure out how to get the equipment to talk to each other even because... A lot of this was new. I mean, how oh, do you right. record sound, and how are you going to sync the sound to this picture this that's not running at the this, same speed right. as what the sound is recording at, and yeah. and what software are you going to use that will be able to import both of these different kinds of right? So still, all that stuff was going on. Still going on today. I still it's know not nearly that, as bad. It's not as bad, but I still, you know, I know editors and cinematographers who still mm. run into this. Oh yeah. Who, well, like, oftentimes, especially editors. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll record sound and it won't be running at the same speed as the video. Yeah. So I'll be like, eh, okay, <laughs> we're gonna do a little tweaking here. But uh, anyway, so there was another filmmaker in there, and she'd made a couple of short films. And I saw her at a really upscale fundraising event, you know, really she-she kind of thing where I was volunteering. Uh, and I was like, hey, well, you know, why don't you, her name is Jen. Why don't you, you know, go ahead, Jen, you know, you can make a movie. I've already made three films. You could go ahead and make a feature. What's holding you back? And she said, 
Well, I'm not as scrappy as you, Paul. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, that's a nice compliment, I gotta say. Don't, don't you like being scrappy? I totally took that as the worst insult in the world. Oh, really? So then she moved off to L.A., and I followed her IMDb, and she's done nothing since. <laughs> a little bit of, uh, you know... <laughs> Scrappiness speaking here. <laughs> That's a pretty scrappy comment. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, you've been all over Oregon um, yeah. filming. And, oh, yeah. And uh, have you, and a lot of times you're filming in nature, outside. All, like this one you just filmed, you must have been outside a lot. Oh, doing yeah. Doing different things. Oh, yeah. So did you see any aliens? Well, define alien. <laughs> <laughs> UFOs. Oh, UFOs. Oh. Oh. Oh, I wasn't asking anyone for identification. Um, okay. Oh, the kind of alien. <laughs> um, oh no, gosh. I didn't. Oh, they're supposed to be. Aha, that proves it. There's what? no UFOs. No, <laughs> no. A lack of proof is not proof of lack. No, it's no. just as much proof. It is not. As the people say, yeah, they know about UFOs. It's not. It's the same kind of proof. Sasquatch may well exist. <laughs> you may well. You may well. Did you see Sasquatch? I did not. Uh, okay. We were in Sasquatch territory. Well, you were. Not. Well, we are, we're pretty close right now. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I'm, I, I've talked to witnesses. Have you really? People Seriously? Seen, oh, yeah. In real life? In real life, yeah. And they, they tell you they've seen Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And they weren't drunk or high at the time. I can't guarantee that. <laughs> Okay. I can't guarantee that. Were sounded, they up close and personal, or was incredible. it you know across a long, far stream? You know, it was down uh, closer than that, like down a road, down a, a little ways down a road. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It wasn't just a bear. Too far. Yeah, it's a good question. Bears. It could, could have been a bear. Yeah, I suppose it could have been a bear. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's I'm not saying say. that there isn't Sasquatch. I've, I've never seen Sasquatch. It's just for the fact that no, we still haven't yeah. seen like a single dead corpse anywhere. Yeah, it's a hard one to swallow. It gets harder every year to imagine that there's something walking around in the forest of uh, Oregon or Washington, wherever, right. um, that we have never seen an actual trace of. Yeah, and I and uh, I mean, and I do I mean, live on the edge of the forest, and. And yeah. So I'm aware that there really, there really is a lot of forest up here that's really, there really is. not not necessarily unexplored, but really, really. There's a lot of forest traveled. up here that is un- completely unexplored, probably untouched. Yeah. Uh, and, well, until there's a big fire, but yeah. And, and actually, that shows you when there are forest fires. That's kind of a reminder of how completely inaccessible some of this area oh, yeah. is. It's oh, yeah. like there is no way to fight the fire besides airplanes that you can't hike into there. Right. You can't drive into there. And yeah, in mo- in a lot of cases, I think that um, if someone's seen it, it may have been a long time. And, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to get to. Well, last weekend hard they said there were 40 lightning strikes. I mean, f- starting 40 fires just in the Willamette National Forest, which is what I'm next to. Right. And uh, But they were so remote, they're like... We're not doing anything about it. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, I used to. I've known smoke jumpers, and uh, they. It, we only hear about the big ones. Yeah. You know, they go out every week to a bunch of little ones and put them out. Yeah, I guess. And so. go back home. Yeah, that's we it. don't hear about. It. Well, they die. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when they get to you know, you know to be acres and acres. But and you know, acres. if we don't hear about it, maybe we should cut their budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> 
Every year they need more. If only, yeah. Yeah. If only it was a commercial pilot. There's lots of work there. Yeah. Lots of work. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, Oregon is just gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. So the first movie that I made here, um, it was the one that with our Eugene actors, and mm-hmm. so I made one of those. I made one of those movies where. They're in a cabin, isolated in the woods, and they can't phone out, you know, one of those things where there's a killer on the loose kind of deal, right? You know, the totally trite scenario, but I was like, wow, this is actually true. There's no cell phone service There's no cell phone. You're out there filming it. Wow. And this we filmed at my house, and I'm like, uh-huh. there's no cell phone service. Oh, it's like if the power went out, we'd be in deep trouble. Right. You're so I was like, this is not too far of a stretch. Mm-hmm. It's funny because those movies are never they those cabin in the woods movies are never as scary to me because I love the woods, mm. you know. And and I guess yeah, but have you been chased by people, a guy with a knife? A few times. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Sasquatch no. or a bear? <laughs> I've never. I've not been chased by a guy with a knife. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, I'm sure that would not be fun. But it's the thing about that is, uh, movie makers are always pressing on the fact that you're all alone when you're out in the woods and if a scary guy comes out what can you do and it's like but you're far more likely to be attacked in the city oh yeah that's where people get <laughs> that's where people get attacked you're on portland's <laughs> prime at max yeah that's what's dangerous you know yeah and there's a scary guy sitting next to you what do you do what do you do <laughs> call the police good luck <laughs> Get off at the next stop. (laughs) (laughs) I feel far safer in the woods with the mountain lions and the bears who tend to run away when they see you. Uh, You know, I haven't seen any bears next to me. I've heard that we have bears, but I've never seen one. I've seen bears on the coast. I've seen Mm -hmm. bears on Highway 1. Actually, one we have bears right here in Eugene. I haven't really? seen them either, but we get we get a lot of sightings. Um, okay, now wait. If you haven't seen it, how do you know it's true? It's not true. It's Therefore, Sketchwatch is true. We, <laughs> I do know people who've seen mountain lions nearby, and that I believe. Yeah, that we have. Yeah, and, mountain uh, lions, bears. Yeah, that we definitely have stuff, on my but, property. Uh-huh. We, we had a uh, a. Uh, what are they called? The female mother. What's that term? Anyway, we had a female give birth to a litter of cubs on my property. That's awesome. You know what I like about mountain lions? What? They're lions. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we forget yes. that we have lions here we in, do in America lions, and yes. in Oregon. Yeah. It, it's pretty incredible. They are big cats. Yes, they are. Um, and very big cats. So my yeah. very when I first lived here, my first summer here, I drove over to Sisters, which... I don't know how many of your listeners are from Oregon, but anyway, it's... Uh, One of my guests was from Sisters, my uh, who walked 1,200 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. That's totally awesome. That's incredible. Good podcast. That's totally awesome. Episode 14. No, I don't know. Something. Uh, oh, cool. Very yeah. cool. So for me, it's a two-hour drive over a 4,000-foot uh, mountain pass. Right. Anyway, on a twisty, curvy road. So... Um, we were coming, and this highway is really quiet. It's Highway 20. It's very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Very few cars on the It's side. very beautiful. It's very beautiful. So we're coming over and coming down the hill, and there is this wolf. Oh, this wow. beautiful, gorgeous, white wolf right there standing on the road. Wow. That's so rare. And I'm going, wow, you know, so we slow down, uh-huh. and I don't think to take a picture or anything, or anything. because I'm like, wow, well, I'm in Oregon. This is probably really common. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not so much. And I get back and I look it up and I'm like, this is the famous number seven, oh, like man. of that pack yeah, when right. they were first trying to get wolves to, you know, read. When there was four wolves. Right, yeah. And I'm like, I saw number seven. That's great. And I called up the ranger station. He was on Highway 20. That's nice. Sweet. Home. Yeah. Very sweet. Home. Sweet home. Sweet home. Sweet home. Where you? A little town in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. The people there are really good, and I'm really looking forward to moving to Portland. <laughs> they're great. I can't wait to move. I can't wait to move to Portland. So Is that just so that there's a Starbucks closer by? Or uh, at the end of this year. No, Sweet Home is a Starbucks on the Safeway. But, uh, of course. Of course. What am I thinking? At the end of this of year, I'm does. going to be living in Portland. You are? Absolutely. Wow. And I'm building a tiny house. I've got a place to put that tiny house. Oh, sweet. Are you building oh. a tiny house where you live now? Or you... Yes. Yeah. And I'll haul it up there um, at the end of this year. Uh, because, I mean, so I'm performing in stage productions up there now. Oh, right. That's and, right. And, I... and doing it. So it's a two-hour commute for me between Portland and where I live in this woods. Uh, and it's so... Too... Oh, I thought it was closer Oh, uh, no. You. And so um, having rehearsals five nights a week... And oh then my god! Doing the two-hour commute both ways, and then of course there's traffic or highway construction, which yeah. though it's a summer, so it really wound up being three hours each way. Um, and then I also do stuff during the day. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So the summer was really exhausting with the summer oh show that I did. Gosh, yeah. And that was the final straw. I was like, "That's it. I'm moving to Portland. I don't. Mm -hmm. I can't keep acting in stage shows up here and not live up here." So, yeah, my gosh, stages. Uh, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of commitment. Uh, here's my question. Do you... I thought you weren't going to ask me questions. I know, I wasn't. <laughs> here's my comment. Uh, here's your comment. Do you find... <laughs> <laughs> that was discussed in our pre-interview. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a question show. basing this podcast on a podcast where they talk for three hours. So if you talk for less than four... If you talk for less than three hours, let's... Oh, I did. You have failed. I, I meant to say, we only go for an hour. Oh. Oh, we're about wrapped it. No. <laughs> about it. Well, thanks for coming so, in. Thanks for coming in. And, and I talked about how this has only gone wrong once, and then it went wrong. Did it go wrong today? Have, shut up. Yeah. It's out. We're dependent so on So hopefully one. this worked, um, or I'm going to ask you to start over. We'll have the whole conversation again. <laughs> and the viewers will know it's shortly. It's still going. Oh, this is a okay. tape. It's a little tape machine. Oh, wow. I like that graphic. I'm showing the, uh, for all you listeners, I'm showing the graphic Ooh. on my digital board, uh, and it's of a cassette tape. I know some of you may not know what that is. A cassette tape is something we used in the 80s. <laughs> and, it, and before. <laughs> youth. They wore out and sounded terrible, and it's a funny graphic for a recorder. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So are you going to use that sound effect on this? You're going to kind of stretch the sound a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I have to tape crumble yeah. a couple times. They, uh, well, they have those plugins. I could. <laughs> I could easily do that. It's just garble on it. So do you do anything different for film, uh, acting-wise, for film and, and theater? Oh, yeah. It's two different worlds. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um so 
<laughs> well, and, and the film world is changing. You know, film morphs a lot. Because if you look at films from the 1930s, they talked in this kind of mid-Atlantic accent, which is like this fake Hollywood studio accent. Oh, right. Like, right. you know, the Cary yeah. Grant accent, right? Mm-hmm. Which nobody actually talked like that. Goody, goody, goody. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, all the actors kind of have that. I always wonder and, where that came from. <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it, was a, it was an accent invented for the movies. It was. So yes. that was all from acting coaches. This is, yes, totally. talk this way. Because their theory was yeah. that they would be understandable to everyone in the country okay with that accent uh-huh and and with the recording equipment that they could be understood that oh okay so anyway so we went from you know the 30s where people were talking very fast and all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh now movies i mean this has really been gone since probably uh, 1990s i guess people in the movies they talk like this Yes, it's true. I, yeah. And, and I, I noticed that. And I notice people talk really quiet. And sometimes when I'm in the film, okay, it's not film, it's video. Uh, it's nice to not have to project. But other times I'm really annoyed by the actors who've never been trained to project. <laughs> and I really feel for the sound people. <laughs> or like, well, if I get the mic close enough, then Maybe it's in the I'll picture. get something, <laughs> yeah, and I'll have to like, filter out all this oh background. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, so the deal with movies is, you know, that in acting, what they always said was, you just bring yourself down smaller. <laughs> you just be you, is what they used to say. And as a teenager, I was like, what does that mean to be me? I don't know what that means to be me. <laughs> I just want a part to play. Um, however, now after living in New York and getting the experiences from New York, it, it, and maybe just because I got older, I finally really, it made total sense to me. Mm-hmm. So um, so when we're talking about on-camera work, um, my total attitude is you're getting Paul Bright. And if you want Paul Bright to play this part, then you've got me. And if you don't want Paul Bright, then you're not going to cast me, and I don't want to work for you. Oh, interesting. So I don't... I don't go in there playing a part at mm-hmm. all anymore. I'm just doing whatever that scene is or that line is, the way that I would feel and the way that I would relate to that situation if I were in that situation. Does that make sense? So total method. Well, whatever. But I, mean, I mean, what, no, it's, I, you know, it's it's but not. I, I do know what you mean. But yeah. it's not me going. Okay, let's see. He's got a limp, and he's really right. <laughs> right. He was born in Sicily, but he doesn't have an accent. But you know, right. Yeah. Um, so I was in a, uh, a TV series last summer called Documentary Now. Documentary Now was on um, ITV, I think, is the channel that got it. Mm-hmm. It's done by the people who did Portlandia. Oh, okay. It's a bunch of Saturday Night Live folks right. who did this. Fred Armisen yeah. is one of the producers and all that stuff. So anyway, they did a couple of seasons, and then they came back to do a third season this past a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got cast. In a really plum part in two in a double episode show, and it was a union job, um, so I, you know, renewed my union membership dues. I got all caught up with that. But um, but the casting director was really surprised that I got cast because she didn't think that they would cast me because I was so effusive. Because I was, you know, I was using my hands and I was. Oh, in A little bit bigger than oh, life. because you were a right. little bigger. Right, but the documentary now is a parody on real documentaries. Okay. So this parody was, on, I watched the real documentary to see which character it was that I was supposed to be 
emulating uh-huh. and he was an effusive he was guy animated right he was an animated crazy. guy you know and he's sitting there in the chair and so i mean the whole thing and so of course they sat me in a chair that looked very very similar to the whole you know real documentary deal and i'm like okay this is exactly what they want um so normally though when i'm on camera i'm just very 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 confined mm-hmm. very shut mm-hmm. down very few moves the eyes do most of the work um yeah, very few physical moves. So in my own movies, I always have at least a cameo in my own movies, sometimes more than a cameo. Um, I I come across as very, very still. Right. Very quiet. Very quiet. Right. With theater, so uh, the show that I was doing this summer was Shakespeare. <clears throat> it's the first time I've ever done Shakespeare. I studied with a tutor. I hired a tutor last summer to oh, learn how to perform Shakespeare. She was from the Royal Shakespearean whatever from london and where did you find her uh she was living in portland at the time okay um and i paid well to get this training Uh because i didn't want to be asked to be in a shakespeare show and not know what the hell i was doing uh um so the training was amazing it was fantastic so when i got on to this show and i was i didn't audition for it they called me and they just asked me to do this oh wow part um which is the best thing that an actor can get. Don't you love it when they just cast you? Yes. 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 That's it's, the dream you know, come true. It happens half the time it in, does. in Eugene. Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and that's the and the other thing too is that when you have a job, then other jobs come along. So while I was doing this show, two other people doing plays asked me to be in their plays, which I turned them both down because I have these movies to edit and I'm not living in Portland. Right. right. Oh, okay. But anyway, but the deal with Shakespeare is, you know, Shakespeare is big and bold and loud and, you know, very physical mm-hmm. and over the top in so many ways. So, yeah, totally different. It's interesting because the last play I did, which was way too long ago, but I, I had back problems, so I've not been doing plays. But the last play I did was um, a play about... Uh, um, war photographers and war correspondents. Oh wow! And I was a—it's a, a four-person play, and I was an editor. And it's the—it's le- the least amount of acting I've ever done. It, what do you mean? It, it was a—it was conversational. Right. So I had to go in, you know, because I always in other plays I've been in, yeah, it's been bigger than life. Yeah. And I had to go in and be louder than life, but yeah. be very real but you see know, that but that is very acting too. real and but see that yeah. is that is acting too yes that is acting too of course right of course it's just yeah. different it's, yeah yeah so i mean you just answered your own question oh i just asked it of everybody i know oh, okay. i know my answer <laughs> okay what's <laughs> your answer my, well my answer is i think it's uh so it, it's the same but different yeah. i mean i will prep the same for uh camera work or or theater work, usually, almost, well, 100% of the time for me so far, theater work has allowed prep. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when you do a month of rehearsals oh, or, yeah. or six weeks of rehearsals, you get to find out so much yeah. about the character, study the character, um, time to get the lines down, also have to get the lines yeah. down. Yeah. Where, whereas most of the film work I've done, even though I'm getting scripts uh, months in advance now, uh, for the series I'm doing that I hope one day will come out, knock on wood. Um, I knock on the microphone. I don't study it as much because I want to be more, especially because it's a comedy. Yeah. I don't want to know what the character's going to do till I get there. But it's the same idea is that I 
I want to know as much about that character so when I show up, it's just going to come out. Right, that's exactly right. It's just going to explode, you know. That's exactly right. It's just going to come out there. Yeah, so So that's perfect. Yeah, that's kind of what I go for. Yeah, Yeah. and and that's a great approach. So I was was in a play almost two years ago. Uh, It was in Salem at Enlightened Theatrics. And it was the first time I'd gotten back on stage in a while. Uh, And so there was apprehension about, you know, getting back on stage and memorizing. Mm-hmm. And I was the lead in this show. It oh, had two wow. weeks of rehearsal. Two weeks. Ooh, you jumped in. Yeah, it was two weeks. Jumped right in. And it was, uh, that character was on stage the entire time except for two five-minute breaks, um, complete with, you know, super fast costume changes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, walk off to the wing and come back out in a different costume kind of thing. Um, and uh, And I was so stressed. I was so stressed about memorizing all of that material and getting it down because I hadn't had to memorize that kind of stuff because also when you do film you know you're not going to film that much that day and it may be different when you get there and it may be so, different when you get there yeah memorization so is always like, a oh, okay so I'm going to do this page yeah. and I have three lines <laughs> yes <laughs> right that's kind of the beauty and yeah. right I know that's a great yeah. thing about filming and if you flub up if you flub up the line, then you can just do it again. <laughs> that was perfect. If you flub the line, yes. Right, whereas in theater you can't. So, you know, I was really, I was very proud of myself for the fact that I was able to memorize all of it, and I did pull off the role. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I got, there were people who were really, really thrilled with my performance, and I was delighted, mm-hmm. and that was great. So it was a win in so many ways. But then I was also like, mm, let's make some better life choices in the future about some things. Don't, don't, don't agree to do a play with two weeks rehearsal. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, that <laughs> would drive me nuts. And even that and, theater company oh. has changed the way they do it now. They don't do it uh-huh. that way anymore. And I'm thinking, oh, smart. <laughs> yeah, I was in a play, uh, a Christmas play, where um, one of the characters is Ebenezer Scrooge. Ah. Um, it wasn't. The Christmas Carol. It was it takes place a year after a Christmas Carol, and he's suing the ghost. Oh, okay. And Ebenezer had to drop out for personal reasons. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think that was about two weeks before we were going to open. Ah. <laughs> so, thankfully, the it was at very little theater, so they knew someone that could come in and do it. Come in and step but in. It yeah. was like. Oh God! I'm so glad I'm not. And Ebenezer's <laughs> on stage the, the whole time. He's like, that's it. I was I was playing two characters, and you know, had right. far less lines. I was still very nervous about getting them, having them down by right. the time it came up. Especially because one of my characters was a ghost that I was playing way over the top, and yeah. somehow that makes it harder to remember what you're saying. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing about Shakespeare is it is a different language. Yeah, that's. And, and I'm trying to get the language right because, yeah. you know, some of it was prose and so you don't want to add or use the wrong word or right. add an A or whatever. Right. And so it took me so much longer, even though I had like four weeks rehearsal on this one and I had a small part. Um, I played three mm-hmm. different characters, but they were small parts. So, you know, it wasn't a ton. But it just took me so long to get that memorized because I can't. I have that. got to get this exactly correct. Right. I've always right. been too nervous to right. do Shakespeare. Well, and then reason. so we're, then we're running the and, show, and after like so it was a five week run, mm-hmm. and after the second week, the cast is starting to get you know more comfortable and loose with it, mm-hmm. 
And I was working with some really amazing people, and it was there was one actor on it. His name is Rusty Tennant Newsom, and it was because he was in it that I agreed to do the show in the first place because I wanted to learn from him because he's an extraordinary performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he teaches up at uh, Reed College up in Portland. Anyway, and so, um, and he had one of the leading roles. He had a huge role. A- anyway, so. <laughs> People are starting to ad-lib lines, and things are getting changed oh and dropped, and oh, and that's totally cool. And it worked. And it was totally awesome, wow, you know? And I was wow. like, wow, Paul, you had really been sweating. You really <laughs> been sweating, and it worked. It still is okay. And you've been, you know, beating yourself up because oh you got a line kind of wrong there in the last performance, and I'm like, let's pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Oh, okay, no problem. Nice, care. nice. That's yeah. what I thought when we had this four-person play, and um, the lines were over the top of each other you know uh-huh. it's like you want some coffee sure yeah, that yeah, kind of thing yeah, yeah, for yeah. pages and pages and pages so there were spots where if you if i flubbed the line because i'm changing the completely changing the subject yeah uh-huh. so like if i mess that line up the, okay that, that's a three that's like a page <laughs> we're gonna have to skip a page if i do this wrong get on to the next yeah, thing. yeah. And it, it was it always amazed me when we did because of course we flubbed lines oh, and sure. it, it always amazed me how quickly we could pick it up because you know when you're on stage and you're doing it, it just happens. And, and the audience and doesn't know. They have no Unless you turn to the audience and you're like, oops. <laughs> no, they don't know. And there were times when I didn't know when one of the other actors said, oh, I, just, I messed up that line. Oh. You did? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reacted and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this summer I remember yeah. coming off and I was like, did I say that line? I don't even remember if I said that. Oh, line. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was de- I was so nervous I would run lines before every scene. I was pacing up and down, running, making sure I had my lines and my. Head I, I was doing that too. Day. I was doing yeah. that for the first three weeks, and then finally I don't need to anymore. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think it was the, the last week of the run that no, I did I did it every time just to just so it would be be there there and yeah. yeah yeah. Well, I've always had this thing. I mean, ever since I was a kid, so I started doing plays when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and. Um, I've always had this thing that I was terrified that I would step on stage and not remember my first line. Oh gosh! Yes. So for me, it's always I always had to, you know, in my mind, say that first line because if I got the first line right, probably you, everything probably else okay. is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just getting over that initial, you know. Uh, so during the run of the show, um, there was it was at the very very beginning of one of the performances, and there's a song which I'm not in this part. Uh, but there was an actress who came out there to sing the song, and she blanked. She couldn't think of the first, oh. the first verse. Oh my gosh! So she just kind of you know hummed. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she's coming back, you know, and she's beating herself up for having done that. And I'm like, oh, don't feel so bad. <laughs> it's don't <not>. worry. <laughs> don't worry. That's like the worst fear that we all have. It. Yep. Yep. I yeah. just ran into that. Was it yesterday? I was just filming yesterday, and okay. it was it was a group scene. So there's line 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 and i had two of the lines and it's like we're on like take three or something so we finally we've got it figured out where we're supposed to be we're walking and talking and i'm totally blanking yeah i'm like uh-oh i do not remember that line at all but i did remember it'll come to me uh-huh. you know that's another thing that i realized that if you listen to the other actors yeah that line will just yeah, it'll drop right back in. Yeah, because you'll remember how to God respond. Did. To that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to screw up a take just because. Yeah. Oh, what were you filming? Um, oh, this is oof. Um, 
it's uh is um, this a series you're talking about it's the series I'm oh, okay cool about. yeah i don't want to talk too much about it because it's not out yet <laughs> i mean because it's not done yet <laughs> i'm i am interviewing a lot of, or having a lot of the cast on the podcast but they can't talk just about for it fun oh they can talk about it all they want it's just I, I hate to talk about things that may never come out too much you know that but, you know you don't know that no no it, i mean uh nick's amazing he'll get it done yeah he'll get it, he'll done. Get it done he's he'll got get everything it done. else done as yeah. far as i know it, Everything I've been in, yeah. I've been in two short films. His, Everything that I know, and he that got he's it done, done in forty-eight done. hours. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He, yeah, yeah, he pretty much has gotten everything done. Yeah, he's a driven guy. Yeah, he is. Should we tag him he in is. this podcast so he can come in and make a comment about how driven? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> he's going to be on this pod- podcast uh, when I schedule him. Excellent. I mean, he agreed to be. On. Okay, <laughs> so very soon, very soon they'll have him in here. He's a brand new kid too. Brand new boy. Oh, he does. Yeah, uh, he's already got a kid. I don't know. I nah, don't it's his first. It's yeah. his first, and he broke his leg, and he just started to learn to walk, and he broke his leg. So oh my gosh! Wow. I, I thought, wow, that sounds terrible. But look at it this way: you're over the first one. <laughs> 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 you got that out of the way, and he's fine. Okay. He'll be okay. Yeah. So now he can like break his neck. Okay, great. That's awesome. <laughs> No, I was thinking the opposite. He'll never break anything again. It's done. Done deal. Oh, maybe he'll break a lot. Oh, well, okay. Oh, well, whichever way. Yeah, maybe you don't want to talk goes. about that on the podcast. Yeah. Oops, already did. Hey, Nick. Oops. Oh. Uh, I didn't say that, Nick. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> oh, Dude, I haven't seen you in so long. I hope you're doing great. fine. It's going to be excellent. Well, we have been babbling for a while. Mm. Even, uh, hopefully... Hopefully this recording will work. Uh, we'll find so out. So we'll find out. And what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to read the intro now. Okay. So first of all, thanks. Thanks for being on the podcast, Paul. It's been thanks for having awesome. Me. Yeah, it's been really nice having you. Lots of good energy in this room today. Today on my podcast, we're you still talking? I've had Paul Bright, who's a writer, actor, director, editor of 11 feature films, who started his career as a union actor before graduating from Hollywood High. Hollywood High, in the Hollywoods. He was the founding artistic director of Repertory Theater in Austin, Texas area, area, and and realized more people would see a single movie than an entire season of theater. He resigned from producing stage plays to direct feature films in 2005, and his movies are distributed around the world, both legally and illegally. Two films are in post-production, nine films are streaming online from many different platforms. They're all linked. You've heard about them all on this very podcast. (laughs) Thanks for listening in. This is Joel Albrecht with Paul Bright. This has been Will You Still Talking? Be good to each other.